Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. We've been talking about the authority of the believer, and Brother Ike ministered for us last Sunday. I heard he did an awesome job. Like I said, uh, our, our dominion in Christ is something that he's very anointed to minister on, and I appreciate him doing so. I told you that there was a syllabus in 2009 that I uh, wrote out. It, it was along the line of The Authorities of Believer by Dad Hagen. Anybody have that book? Anybody been studying that? Good for you. Uh, because that, that's something that I'd really encourage you Honestly, all of us ought to raise our hands, raise our feet. I mean, you, you really need to live in that book. Amen. You need to live in the Bible, understand. Yes. But that is a book that will help you understand your authority. So in uh, November of 2009, I wrote some things out because we were constantly dealing with where do we put our faith for the children. And really, uh, the Bible has a lot of things along that line, but just getting them so that we can see clearly. Amen. So we've been talking about who we are in Christ, and I'm going to specifically go along the line of the authority of the believer, uh, Dad Hagen's book. So if you want to follow with me in these next two Sundays, I'm going to be doing that. I went through all the chapters. I wrote out uh, an outline and things that I believe made it clear to me. We've been teaching on the authority of the believer for the last few weeks here. And Brother Ike, I told him you did an awesome job. Last Sunday, I appreciate that. So the purpose statement that I wrote this out, it says this lesson should help you better understand how to walk in your authority in Christ and how to stand in faith and pray for yourself and your own immediate family as well as others. Furthermore, this study covers valuable insights on how to use your authority in faith for the lost, baby Christians, and others in the body of Christ. We should stay clothed in God's word and filled with his spirit in order to maintain an atmosphere of faith which will affect those around us. I'll read some things because I made many quotes from the authority of the believer. And you might say, well, aren't you just going to teach? I, I'm going, God dealt with me to study this book. I actually took it with me during a vacation and studied it all week long. Then I came back and, and wrote this out before we had a, a daycare meeting. But uh, when God gives you things, even if you're using somebody else's material, uh, then you teach them. <laughs> I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? So Dad Hagen uh, was instrumental in our life as a spiritual father for many years. And then, of course, Dr. Uh, Dufresne became our spiritual father. And he went home to be with the Lord here recently. But these are things that are going stronger than ever. The books and the materials that these men and women of God have put out, right? A segment from The Authority of the Believer by uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagin Sr. says, But the devil doesn't want Christians to learn about the authority of the believer. He wants to continue to defeat us anytime he wants. That's why he will do everything he can to keep Christians from learning the truth about authority. He will fight us more on the subject than anything else. He knows that when we learn the truth, his heyday will be over. We will dominate him and join the authority that is rightfully ours. That's on page four of the authority of the believer. I'll give you the page numbers if, if you want that as reference. Now, first of all, I want to talk about, but let's not get all caught up in, okay, the, I'm coming to healing class, so the, so the devil 
uh, you know, he stood in front of me today and said, don't go. <laughs> don't, don't get weird on me. Amen. Uh, because really, we've talked about how the authority of the believer is just learning to use our faith. Amen. And you had to, in Christ, right, through the name of Jesus, yeah. delegate authority. And we're going to be learning more about this as we've been talking about it for, for some time, really. And we preach and minister on these things. So don't get weird about the devil's trying to keep me from the class. Or It, it just means that what Dad Hagen is saying, this, he will fight the subject of faith. More than anything else. What do you mean faith? Using our authority comes by using our faith. Amen. We, we cannot walk in the authority or the delegated power of God unless we use our faith. Now, first of all, let us understand uh, the prayers, the Pauline uh, revelation we refer to. But the prayers in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians 1, 16 through 20. Ephesians 1, 16 through 20, and also Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. If you don't have these, it talks about them in chapter 1, but we have a copy of these prayers out in the lobby uh, in that thing where all the paperwork is. Uh, if we run out, then they'll be looking to make sure that we have plenty of those. Uh, Dad Hagen talks about this, and he says in chapter 1, page 3, the authority of the believer is unveiled more fully in the book of Ephesians than any other epistle written to the churches. The turning point in my life, uh, that actually page one, two, three, I kind of take uh, uh, quotes from different pages there. The turning point in my life came when I prayed these prayers for myself more than a thousand times. Got that? Yeah. Well, Pastor Debbie, how do I do that? Start now. Yeah. It adds up. And you're not trying to make a quota. You're actually believing what you pray is taking place. I began to see things in the Bible I had never seen before. It just began to open up to me. I advanced more in spiritual growth. I began to see things in the Bible I had never seen before. It just began to open up to me. I advanced more in spiritual growth and knowledge of the word in those six months than I had in 14 years as a minister and in more than 16 years as a Christian. That was just one of the greatest spiritual discoveries I ever made. People often want to know how to pray for fellow Christians. If you start praying these Ephesians prayers for them, you'll see results in their lives. I suggest you pray the prayers for yourself, too. So what we need to do, starting out in Ephesians 1, verse 16, and just go ahead and go there. Ephesians 1. We'll get as far as we can, and then we'll, we'll move on. What we need to do, and Dad Hagen taught us to do this, but, but Paul uh, said in Ephesians 1, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So we put our name in there. Or we put the name of our loved one or a friend or a believer. And I do that usually every day. Um, there are individuals that sometimes it starts passing out, <laughs> helps ministry, whatever. I start praying the Ephesians prayers for them because they need light. Yeah. Have you ever heard the illustration, Dad Hagen used to use this, somebody that's driving along in a car and they don't realize that there's a cliff ahead. Right. And if there's not a stop sign there or there's not a construction, do not drive past this, yeah. and they don't see that, then they'll drive off the right. cliff. Yeah. So we pray the Ephesians prayers, so to speak, so people don't drive off the cliff. Yeah. So they get understanding, they get uh, light, 
And how many know that when we're not walking in light, then we get dull spiritually? So that's why many times the reason that people, uh, things start happening in their lives and the enemy starts stealing and killing and destroying in their life and bringing hellish things basically in their life is because they're getting dull spiritually. And deception starts to set in. And it's difficult for us to, you can sit down with somebody for an hour and, and they're deceived. And they're more deceived when, and you're thinking, and everything hit you back in the face. But if you pray the Ephesians prayers for them, Lord, give them light. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that they may see the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of your power toward us, Lord, who believe according to the mighty working of your power. And then in Ephesians 3, we uh, go to that. And Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can bow, but you can bow in your heart too, right? Uh, From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. Just put that person's name in there. Put your name. When I'm praying for others, I often put my name in there too. I usually, I put my husband's name in there. I put... uh, uh, Pastor Nancy's and their family. I, I just put it, you know, I take the opportunity. To, sometimes I just individually put people in there, but I usually take it for myself as well. Amen. That he would grant you according to the riches of this glory to be strengthened with might through, through his spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, and to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. So Paul prayed these for the churches. He prayed these for his spiritual children. I believe he prayed these for himself. Uh, I was listening to Dad Hagen recently on uh, the brick that we have uh, on my iPad, several sermons there, and I heard him refer to what I just uh, read, that he had listened over, actually prayed for himself for over a thousand times. Let's get back to that. Where was that at? I know it's the first page, but where's the first page? <laughs> well, anyway, moving right along. Uh, and the Lord, the Lord just rose up inside of me, start praying those more, and, and I pray them a lot. Start praying those more because I want to take you to another level of revelation. Now, does that mean I'm going to walk around and go, whoa, and start floating? No, it just means that God is dealing with me. This is how to move up in light and understanding of the word of God. And I want to give you a testimony. Some years back, the Lord dealt with me. Start praying these Ephesians prayers for the church family and your family. So I've done that. And really, I started... You know, two, three times a day, just praying them. Amen. That's why you're all so smart. <laughs> if you didn't know. <laughs> uh, so I started, but a funny note to that is I started seeing things that I didn't want to see. Now, I didn't see you at home drinking coffee, you know, that type of thing. But I started getting some revelations of people's hearts. Now, understand, we all have issues, okay? So, so don't get all scared and... You know, leave the church. Well, she can see me. <laughs> um, no, one of those things, too, is the office that I do stand in. Uh, there are times when I know things about people, and that has to do 
with the ministry office that God has used me in, and actually it's getting stronger and increasing for both Pastor Jay and I, and we often see that uh, more so on the road, but uh, not to go in that right now. As pastors, we need to know, and Dad Hagen used to call it the spirit of seeing and knowing, which is just words of knowledge, words of wisdom. A word of knowledge is knowing something about somebody at the place and time. A word of wisdom is understanding a future happening in the life of, of somebody or an event that's going to happen or our own life, what have you. We get weird when we start prophesying all the time about you know, a bomb's going to go off so-and-so, yeah. and yeah. this, it really, for individuals like Dad Hagen and Dr. Dufresne, or a minister that's seasoned, if they give a word like that, I'll, I'll listen up, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to an upshoot, yeah. <laughs> okay, necessarily, God uses certain people in the body of Christ to, to minister or prophesy, and, and I'm going to consider the source, amen. 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 So anyway, I started praying, and I started seeing things. There was a situation that happened, and, and honestly, I started backing off. I'm like, okay. And for about three weeks, I didn't pray the Ephesians prayers. I was like, I'm not praying these. I don't want to know that about people, Lord. I just don't want to know. I, I, I just prefer to think that, you know, everything's perfect with everyone. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but the Lord dealt with me, well, that's really stupid. And how are you supposed to help people if you don't? <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. So I, I had to get past that. So that's part of when you start praying for revelation and light, you may start understanding some things about people. You may start, that doesn't mean you're to criticize them. That, that's a big, 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 big thing of, of walking in love. If God gives you something about somebody, that is not, does not mean you, you get on the phone and start talking about that person. And unfortunately, we have uh, past history. Many of us have been raised. We've heard our parents talk about people. We've heard... Uh, individuals we worked in workplaces where everyone's talking about one another and it's just flat out wrong right. and, and then it carries over into our spiritual life so God shows us something we think we got to tell everybody right. and we have to give our opinion or our two cents it's not yeah. even worth that much our opinion <laughs> many times so with that God he was teaching me I'm not to go tell everybody this is something that will help us pastor the spirit of seeing and knowing these are things that should help you parent Yes. These are things that should help you in your re relationship with the spouse. That doesn't mean you're supposed to go, God told me this about you, but use wisdom. So when you start praying these prayers, you will start understanding uh, people more. Not, uh, don't come to me and say, I perceive so-and-so this and this. I, I, just shut up, okay? Excuse me, but move them right along. Uh, we don't go off perception, but if I'm talking about our own perception, sometimes God will give us things just like Paul said, I perceive, you understand? Keep it to yourself. Pray for the person. And don't pray, Lord, change them to do this. Just pray the Ephesians prayers. Pray, God, your will be done in their life. Give them light and understanding. Amen. Just like something you may not agree with Pastor Jay and I, if we're teaching in the Word, just ask God revelation of the Word of God of what we're teaching. Amen. And if it doesn't line up with the word, then he'll show us. Yeah. Uh, we like to say it this way. We don't expect perfection out of you. Don't expect perfection out of us. Yeah. Really, perfection means maturity. So you should expect that out of us, and I should expect that out of you. But I'm just talking about, uh, do you do everything perfect, everything perfectly right? Of course not. 
So we've got to stop looking at everybody like they have to be perfect. So when God shows us things about people, it is not to talk about them. I know I'm spending some time on this, but I don't want you to start praying these prayers, start getting light and revelation. Really, God won't give you light and revelation if you misuse it. He wants, and you'll stay spiritually dull. And, and the enemy will turn it around and he will show you things about people that you could use to either hurt them or your own thinking about that person. And that is happening all over the body of Christ and headhunters and, and this and that where people are coming against other ministries and God did not set things up that way. He didn't. Do you want to know how God set up? Within the local church, there's leadership, there's pastors. And God set it up in that way that the pastors would deal with sin in their own churches. The pastor would deal with sin in their own churches. Okay? Uh, he, he dealt with leadership that are over pastors, just like Paul was over other ministers. You had uh, uh, John and, and Peter that were, were over. Uh, was, it, was it John and James who were the pastor of the church? Well, anyway. Uh, the, lead, the apostles were, were pastors and ministers over individuals, and, and they were the governing authorities over the church, you understand? So if, if a pastor gets into sin, then the person that's over him should deal with that. And we're not to give our opinion on how they do it, because they know more behind the scene. It, so that means we don't go on the Internet and find out Mr. Disgruntled over here saying... Hey, you just you just don't do that. So that's originally the way it was. And what is the law for? Well, it's just for unruly people in general. The church needs that too. Amen. So with that, there's authority set up in the body of Christ, and we're supposed to take care of things accordingly, not uh, somebody over here trying to uh, come in our church and say, well, so-and-so's in sin or this yeah. or that, or talking negatively and putting it in the media, in the paper, and, and that type of thing. And moving right along, that was all free. So we're talking about the Ephesians prayers and how God dealt with me. I want to move you up to another level if you'll pray these more often. And as Pastor Jay and I do that, then you'll, you'll see the difference in our life. I believe you've been able to see the difference. And that's as a result of praying these prayers. That's as a result of spending time in the Word and in prayer. If we didn't do that, then you'd notice it, (laughs) right? So pray the Ephesians prayers for yourself and for others. Uh, Going back, there there was an instance I I was getting ready to tell you about. In this particular church where I knew by revelation a married couple that one of them was... uh, uh, in sin, committing fornication with the other person. Of course, I'm not going to tell you who that is. <laughs> and uh, you don't know the person anyway. So, but they were committing fornication. And, and one of the spouses wanted to make, the, a spouse of this person wanted to make a, uh, an appointment with Pastor Jay and come talk to him about some things. And I went to Pastor Jay before that, not even knowing that, and said, look, this is what the Spirit of God's showing me. This is going on. He says, oh, okay. So uh, you may say, well, why didn't he show Pastor Jay? Because he showed me. <laughs> okay. I mean, sometimes he shows Pastor Jay, and sometimes he shows both of us, sometimes he shows one, it, just whoever. Uh, and I, these are things that I obviously don't get up on Sunday and say this is happening or you know, do something stupid like that, uh, but it's to help the person, to help the couple. So when Pastor Jay met that person, he said, first of all, I just want you to sit down. Uh, this is what my wife is getting. And that person's jaw just, oh my goodness. It was right on. Yeah. 
Yes, that's why I came to talk to you. So he was all ears then. And that's the spirit of God. When you know those things and a person understands, wow, God's been talking to pastors, how he can help us. So that's, he was able to help him. He was able to share something. Because along with that revelation, I got some understanding of that person and their heart motives and were they, were they going to be faithful? Were they going to be staying in the marriage and that type of thing? God doesn't just show us something to spout it off. He, he shows us something to help in his pastors. So I, I don't see that about everybody, but I will say this. If, if somebody is, is walking in blatant sin or somebody is walking in an area lying to us, really they're lying to the Spirit of God, and we're going to know it. Okay. We do have some security cam- cameras around, but I don't necessarily need security cameras. <laughs> have you ever heard, I watched it for the first time the other night, Mystery Diners. Have you ever seen that? Mystery Diners, that's kind of a cool show, where they set up cameras, somebody thinks, uh, the owner thinks somebody's stealing because they, they've been losing money, so they t- put the cameras in there. I told Pastor Jay, hey, I watched this cool show the other day, and I said, but, you know, we don't, we have some security cameras, but we don't need that to know, do we? Right. He says, that's right. So just understand. And he said, but I may put more in. <laughs> As a church grows, it, it's just good that people understand. It, it's easier to keep them in line when they know they're being watched. So just know, you don't know where all the cameras are. <laughs> they're not in the bathrooms. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> no. We actually put them in because of the daycare, and then I believe because of the counting of the monies and that type of thing, just to be safe. So that, that's why we have them. It's, we're not trying to catch all your idiosyncrasies or how, however you say it. So that was all free. Was that okay? So the Lord will show us things, but it's not to go tell everyone, it's to help. Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. People come to us all the time. They want to know how to pray for others. Or if somebody's going through this situation, put their name in to these Ephesians prayers. There's also uh, in Colossians. Amen. Is that Colossians 3? Okay. Colossians 3, there's another prayer you can insert. But that's how he prayed. I'm not saying that you can't pray. Just take the word of God and pray for somebody. But, but these, when the Apostle Paul prays this way, we know it's right. Amen. It's Amen. the word of God. Amen. Luke 10, verse 19. We're talking about authority is delegated power. So authority is delegated power, isn't it? And we use our authority through faith, but... In chapter 2 of the authority of believer in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I want you real quickly here to go to Matthew 28, verse 18. I'm not sure if he mentions this scripture or not. I didn't look back in the chapter, but this is a good one to understand, too. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority to his disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. So that authority that had been given Jesus, he gave to his disciples at that time. Go, therefore, and make disciples. How are they going to make disciples? Through uh, that authority. Amen? 
Authority is just delegated power. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now let's go to Mark 16. Have to have quick hands. Mark 16, verse 15. And it makes it real clear here. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 17, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name. So we have delegated authority in the name of Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. They will cast out demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That means you can lay hands on yourself just as a point of contact and say, I'm healed and I'm whole. Just receive your covenant. Colossians 1. Sorry, that's Colossians 1. So you can read through there. Uh, Dad Hagen said this, the value of our authority rests on the power that is behind that authority. God himself is the power behind our authority. Don't get caught up in, well, what is, I thought authority meant power. Uh, Authority is delegated power. All right. The devil and his forces are obliged to recognize our authority. And that power comes through the authority in the name of Jesus. So in John 14, 13, let's go there real quick. John 14, 13. We're taking it down in granny gear here because we want to get it. We're going to finish up what we don't get to next week. Whatever you ask, John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, and we know that word ask is uh, demand, call for, require. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, Dad Hagen brings out in the Greek that really that word ask, there it means whatever you demand. Now, I've looked that up, and I was looking for that, that Greek rendering, and I still saw the uh, ask, call for, or require. But what he's saying is whatever you demand is, it says, and whatever you ask in my name. Let's go ahead and go to Ephesians 6.10. So we're still talking about delegated authority, all right? Delegated authority. We, I've given you the illustration, just like a police, policeman has a badge, uh, we have the name of Jesus. And just like a policeman's badge represents the power of the city, the name of Jesus represents the power of God. But we have to use that power through faith, don't we? Right? Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 1 Peter 5.8. You, you can just write these down. 1 Peter 5.8. So we resist by faith. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. So what we do is we use our mouth and we speak to that situation. We demand and he's got to go. He may not devour me if I'm using my faith. Then I stand in that, and if he tries to come back, I remind him, hey, the word of God is true. You can't stay. And you just go your merry way, but you, you continue to remind the enemy I'm healed and whole. You don't have to pray for it again. 
You just continue to take him back to your point of contact. You know, at 701, I believe that I received my healing. I spoke to you and told you to get out of here. You don't have to keep speaking to him. Get out of here. Get out of here. Now, thoughts you do, you continually speak to thoughts and tell them to get out of here. And they've got to go, but they will come back at more opportune times. But symptoms of sickness and disease, specifically, if you deal with one, if it's a different one, that's a different story. But if you deal with one, you use your faith. You believe you receive your healing by saying, in Jesus' name, get out of here. Amen. You use your authority. You can pray to the Father, but like I said, you don't really have to pray to the Father something that's already been provided for you. I mean, I'm sorry. I I just have a hard time teaching it that way. Why do I need to ask Teresa for something she's already given me? I just need to pick it up and use it, right? What have you given me lately? No, she actually called me last night. Hey, would you like some soup, Pastor Dave? So she, she's good, you know. Yeah, she's a blessing. Appreciate that. She never brought me any, but she's a blessing. <laughs> That's because I didn't need any. <laughs> I was good. So we resist with our faith. Now, we're talking here about a, a position that has changed in our life. When we become in Christ, we have changed positions. It's called transferred authority. Now we are seated with Christ. What do we do? Do we sit on a cloud with a scepter? (laughs) No. When Dad Hagen says it this way, when Christ ascended, he transferred his authority to the church. He is the head of the church and believers make up the body. Christ's authority has to be perpetuated through his body. In other words, his body has to use that authority. Perpetuated means... Uh, to, to give it out. In Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, we are quickened together or we are seated in heavenly places. So even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places simply means, it's not a figurative thing that we're sitting on a cloud. It means that we have authority to use the name of Jesus through faith. So our position has changed. Amen? Uh, So the Pauline revelation in Christ's reality of what we have in redemption is used by our faith. Dr. Kenneth Hagin said, the elevation of Christ's people with him into the heavenlies clearly points to the fact that we are to sit with him, sharing not only his throne, but also his authority. The authority belongs to us. Right? So that means in redemption, we are free from spiritual death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. We use our authority to perpetuate these things in our own life, as well as we teach them and preach them for the lives of others. Can I pray for somebody else? Yes, but there are guidelines, and we'll be talking more about that next Sunday. If we have time, we'll go over a few things today. Breaking the power of the devil or exercising our authority. This is in chapters 4 through 8 of the believer's authority. Breaking the power of the devil. How to deal with the devil. And then in Matthew 18, 18, real quickly here, Matthew 18, 18, I, I want to go there actually. 
Y'all thought I just wrote something out because I didn't have something else to do, right? <laughs> I actually took most of the night and typed this out to teach it. The next day we had a meeting on Saturday. So I have to redo it. And really, I'm going to go through this and put uh, our own stories and uh, illustrations and such in there and then bring our own points out so that eventually we can just publish this. Because I can't just publish somebody else's book, you understand. But I can teach it all I want. Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we read that in Amplified to get some more understanding. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and unlawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So just like a policeman, he doesn't write the rules. We don't write the rules. It's already so in heaven. God's word is what we're using. So we go by that law. We go by that guideline. By Jesus' stripes, we're healed. And then we just come and we use our uh, authority that is delegated to us in Jesus' name. I command the sickness and disease to go. And it's got to go. Why? Because it's already written in heaven. It's not something that we are proclaiming it becomes law all of a sudden. We're not rewriting the Bible. Right? So that helps me understand that heaven's authority, heaven's power is backing me. Amen. So we, we can also go on, and we're not teaching on this right now, and understand that in verse 19, again, I said to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it may done, be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. And there I am, and if they can come together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So we can get together with another believer and agree together with them, but they've got to use their faith too. Amen. We can't just carry everybody on our own faith. And too many people are trying to carry... Even children, you can use your parents, you can use your authority for your parents, I mean, for your children, and even sometimes members of the family that are young Christians. And we'll talk more about this, but don't try to carry everybody and be, listen to the witness of the Spirit, because sometimes the Spirit will say to you, if we listen, that's the problem. Sometimes He will say to you, that child knows enough, they're going to have to step out. I'm not talking about when they're five years old, necessarily. Usually, uh, more of a coming of age spiritually if they've been knowing these things for some years is in their teen years or what have you. And they need to start using their faith. for If sickness and disease, you, you show them you need to speak to that. Or you come to them and say, I'll agree together with you. But they need to use their faith. Teach your children to do that. Amen? So I've had individuals that have tried, that they've been able sometimes to carry family members, even a grandparent or what have you. But be, those individuals' spiritual lives matter. You might be able to carry them a few times, but if they're not in a church, if they don't have a pastor, I cannot be their pastor unless they're coming here and submitting themselves. I remember the situation with Leanne's dad. Uh, Sandy's not here today, right? But he had just submitted himself to a, that we were his pastors, and then the enemy came, and he basically went unconscious. 
But because he had done that beforehand, we were able to speak to that situation. And he came out of it as a result of, you know, we were using our faith. I know Leanne was using her faith. Amen. Amen. Sometimes she wouldn't let people in the hospital room or what have you. I remember speaking into his ear and saying, Tom, come back. Yeah. Come back. The Spirit of God dealt with. But through a process of time, he came came out of that, didn't he? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, somebody, we have learned, uh, we've talked to Pastor Nancy about this, but Dad Hagen used to make the statement, if somebody's in a coma, it has to do with the atmosphere that they were in at the time and the words that were spoken. So understand, when somebody's in a coma, you can't just speak speak in Jesus' name, get up. Now, if you know that person, if they're your spouse and you know the atmosphere, you know that they've been speaking words of faith. You can, you can use your faith for that situation. But many times people try to get someone out of a coma or out of a state of unconsciousness when they, when they are around atmospheres. Come on. And sometimes they're not even there. That'll answer some questions if you listen up. So using our authority on earth... Dad Hagen said, I also found that heaven will back us up on what we refuse and what we allow. We've allowed a lot of things, but we just haven't exercised our authority. That's why things are as they are. And many times we haven't done anything about the situation. We're waiting on God. He's waiting on us. He won't do anything until we act. Now, for an unbeliever, when, when, we, when they need salvation... How do we pray for somebody that needs salvation? Real quickly, in 2 Corinthians 4, the Lord taught Dad Hagen this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And then Dad Hagen shared this story, and I'm, I'm going to end with this. I got my pages out of sync. Excuse me while I find page five. That's why. Oh, there it is. That's why I was looking for that. Real quickly here. Dad Hagen said, I've been praying for my brother's salvation for many years. He was what you would call the black sheep of the family. Anybody have any of those? <laughs> God loves him, though. In spite of my prayers, he seemed to get worse instead of better. I always had prayed, God save him. I'd even fasted. I was prone to slip back into praying this way, but after the Lord challenged me to do something about it, after he told me I had authority, I said, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of the devil over my brother's life, and I claim his salvation. Notice that Dub still had to to follow through and listen to that. We cannot twist somebody's arm to receive Jesus. But he took authority over the blinders over Dub's eyes. He had, Dad Hagen had that much authority for his brother. So, he took, so that's how we handle that. If somebody needs salvation, that we, they come to this church, what have you. We, we just say, in Jesus' name, I mean, I don't go up to them and say it, but just in my prayer life, in Jesus' name, we take authority over the blinders on their eyes. And for specific people in my family, I take authority over the blinders of their eyes. We've had 
services where we've done that. We've had tremendous testimonies over the years where family members and uh, friends have come to the Lord as a result of that, right? So that's how we, uh, we use our authority. But we can't force somebody to come to the Lord. And, and we don't pray, Lord, save them. So the Lord needs their will involved, and, and he needs them to see light and understanding. So we use our authority that that darkness is broken over their eyes that they can see. God needs us to work with him. He, ne- he needs us to use our authority in situations to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's how he set it up. We're all in this together. That, that's why uh, uh, the church is to go, therefore. Amen. Amen. So if you're not going there for and you're just sitting here for and not doing anything, then we will receive the judgment for that. Well, praise the Lord. And that's why we're in this class, not only for ourselves, but we want to know how to minister to others. But because it's a command, go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Uh, Acts 3, 6, we demand in faith. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I really do believe this is more of a gift of the Spirit. This is something that the Lord showed Peter. Uh, Speak to that situation. So uh, we can't just go up to just anybody and say, rise up and walk. Now, sometimes it has to do with a ministry endowment or gift on a, a minister's life. But it's, it's a word of knowledge yes. that they have, or, if he, or it's a witness of the Spirit to minister to that individual. And I believe uh, Peter had a witness of the Spirit. We won't go into all that. Let's move on, because we're really talking about believing for ourselves right now. And we'll talk more extensively, and we'll finally get it. You notice it's last that we're talking about ministering to others. Not that we don't ever minister, but just like we've been saying, you gotta get that oxygen mask on yourself before you can help others who are lacking oxygen or lacking healing and wholeness. Dr. Kenneth Hagin said, I have found that the most effective way to pray can be when you demand your rights. So that's when we go back uh, to John 14, 13. This principle real quickly, because we're running out of time here. John 14, 13, we read this, whatever you shall ask in my name that I will do, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So that means to ask, call for, require, but Dad Hagen brought out more so, it means demand. So we demand in the name of Jesus for ourselves or an immediate family member that we have authority over, like a child, understand. Uh, we demand or sometimes we have a certain amount of authority for young Christians that we can use our faith for them as well, right? Yes. Or like Peter, we, he had a witness of the Spirit, so he had authority in that situation. So it may be somebody I don't even know, but if I have a witness of the Spirit, then I, then I use my faith for that, right? We think we have a witness of the Spirit for everybody, but we don't. Amen. But I also want, let me see here, my notes are all mixed up, excuse me. We've got to get to page six. Here we go. I also want, real quickly, I want you to go to John 16. Excuse me. I just got my notes mixed up, and that's, that's what happened. John 16, 23. Real quickly, we're going to end with this. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. 
Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Now, we don't demand the Father. We demand in Jesus' name, we pray to the Father. So demanding in Jesus' name or speaking over that situation and claiming something that's already yours and actually praying to the Father is really two different things, but you get the same results. So do you understand the difference? We can demand in the name of Jesus or we can, in the name of Jesus, ask the Father. We don't go to the Father and say, I demand that you do this for me. Right? You, do, you go to the devil and you tell him you demand. You don't ask the devil anything. You just demand. So, that's, so faith is involved. We've got to stand our ground. Amen. And in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, this is along the same line. Just go there real quick. Mark 11, taking a little more time, but we need to finish this point. I've often talked about it, Mark eleven twenty three. We're talking about speaking to the mountain and also prayer. Amen. So Jesus answered, said to them, have faith in God, for surely I said to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So this is what we do. And he already taught us prior in Mark, actually Mark 14, uh, uh, John, but he already taught us how to use our authority in the name of Jesus, what I'm trying to say throughout, this, throughout the scriptures. He already taught us that, right? Uh, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. In other words, whatever he demands in Jesus' name. 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray. Now, still that word ask, call for, require, but it all, it's talking about prayer. So believe that you receive and you'll have them. So in prayer, we pray in Jesus' name to the Father. Right? right? Yeah. So if you want to know how to pray, you pray in the name of Jesus to the Father. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't mean every statement needs to be in Jesus' name. Thank you. For, you just start out with that initial point of contact. Just like if I were talking with Leanne, I wouldn't keep saying, Leanne, you know this. Leanne, you know this. Leanne, you know. I would say, Leanne, hello. And then I would just keep talking to her. Right. Sometimes yeah. when we pray, uh, we, uh, we don't always understand the prayer because somebody's constantly yes. saying, Father, the, you know, just get to your prayer. Get, yeah, <laughs> get to the specific. <laughs> When you stand in front of somebody, you just don't keep calling their name over and over and over. Thank you, Father. Father, we do this. Father, we, Father, we, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we take our authority. And we, you understand? I, pet peeve of mine, moving right along. Well, we've got our... If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org. Or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.